Hey, hey, hey. Welcome again to another edition of Hound Tooth Heroes. This is the Keep Calm edition. Follow us as always at Hound Tooth Heroes on SoundCloud or at H Tooth Heroes on the Twitter. And thanks again to Roll Bama Roll for hosting this horrible podcast. My name is Greg Dawkins. I am known today as GB Bowtie. I'm joined, as always, by my friend and pal, Ellis Metz. How are things, Ellis Metz? Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. I tell you, are you still Jimmy John's? Yeah, yeah, today you can call me Jimmy John's Pitbulls. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> John's being my all-time favorite Nick Saban player, despite the fact that he had a... A uh, large role to play in Alabama's most recent loss to the Louisville, uh, Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Warhawks. But we'll get yeah. to that later. Correct, correct. What's going on? Tell me what's horrible. You know, I mean, it's just the usual uh, kind of post-game meltdown. I mm-hmm. woke up in the gutter, uh, covered in just various body fluids. Again? Yeah, Um it was only Tuesday morning this time, so actually an improvement from the last, yeah. I could see how that would be. That's a step up for yeah, you. Yeah, not yeah. too bad. Just some missed calls from my boss, but I, I, I managed to work out of those, so. I hear you. I hear you know, you. all in all, okay. What's horrible with you? I'm bloated like you wouldn't believe. Oh, no. God, dude. I don't know what's going on. I think I've got, I mean, I, you know, when you type something into WebMD and you tell them you're sort of lethargic and bloated, they tell you you have cancer. Oh, so, cancer, by the way, yeah. this might be our last podcast <sighs> if I die of the cancer this week. Can, uh, I, uh, but, can I have your beach condo or what? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, it's, thanks. Yeah, all right, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm bloated. I can only eat one meal a day, and when I do, it hurts. Oh, so I've man. got that going for me. Uh, but just nothing in comparison to the pain I felt on Saturday evening uh, when your tide uh, was taken to the woodshed by the Ole Miss Rebels. we want to talk about it? Yeah, we do. And before we get into it, I'm going to ask you. Oh, God. When did you leave the game? Oh, okay. Okay. There's a method to my madness. It didn't work out at all, mm. uh, as usual. <laughs> all right. <laughs> right. Iron Bowl last year, you know, we were down by, you know, a, 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 an unholy amount of points uh, to the uh, Auburn Tigers mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa. I remember. So I decided to take my drunk ass to the to the Druid City Brewery and enjoy the balance of the game there. So I hopped into a pedicab. Um <laughs> got to the Druid City Brewery and enjoyed the win with my friend and a friend of the program, Daniel Cameron. Um, so I decided, all right, we were once again found ourselves in an unholy mess. So I'm like, all right, about midway through the third quarter, we were uh, sitting there and I was sitting there talking to, uh, sitting sitting with Eric uh, of Roll Bama Roll fame. And he, I looked at him and said, all right, this has gone to shit. So I'm going to uh, use my good luck charm of a mm-hmm. pedicab at a Druid City Brewery sitting. It's a, well, it's a great plan. Right. And it really, and honestly, we did have 20, 24th quarter points. Yeah. So I'm not writing this theory off completely, but nevertheless, it did not end in victory as I had hoped. But I do like to think that my plan accounted for 24th quarter points. I, yeah, so I think we give it some credit, and I think you get some credit for not uh, for for really beating the rush out of the stadium and not being one of those of the mass ex- exodus that happened uh, early in the fourth quarter. Absolutely not. I am no fair weather fan. I'm mm-hmm. not going to leave unless there is luck involved, and I fully believe that there was. Right. That's just doing your duty there. Exactly. You do what you got to do mm-hmm. to bring the tide to victory. Anyway, it did not work. Uh, and part of the reason it did not work is we had turnovers. Oh, five of them. Oh, five of them. So many. 
So many. That's a, like a lot. That's like a handful, like legitimately a handful. Uh, an actual handful of turnovers. Exactly. Uh, it started with, you know, the opening kickoff, um, which, you know, we should have seen the writing on the wall right then. You know, and I that is just as bad an omen as you can have, really. Right, right. Uh, and in, in addition to, to that omen, um, other things that, you know, that's obviously one thing we hate. Let's just go ahead and list off the things we hate. We've got a lot. We've got a lot of things to hate. What else we hate? I think we hate the the DB play. Uh, and, and not not as a as a whole, but why are they still not turning around? Why are they still just playing the man and hoping something good falls into their hands? Well, because that, I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is that's going to lead to a lot of defensive pass interference calls because mm-hmm. if you don't turn your head, you're going to get flagged every time, no matter where the ball is. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we seem to have a coach um, that's paid ungodly amounts of money, mm-hmm. who is a secondary specialist. Am I wrong about that? We've been told that for years. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But yet, here we are. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't seem like that was a problem three or four years ago. But in Correct. the past few, it's just been this this awful thing that we can't shake. It's a it's a it's a theme that we're going to get to later. We're going to yeah. later we're going to develop things we hate that are themes. But yeah. individually, a thing that we hate right now is the quarterback play. Oh, specific. Well, that's not really true. Well, it sort of is. All right, here's the problem I've got. We started Cooper Bateman, mm-hmm. with, and I understand why we started Cooper Bateman. Yeah, is he does not have the deep ball, but what he does have is a lot of athletic ability. And so if we're gonna, I believe the intent was we're gonna put him in there and we're gonna run the read option against Ole Miss's defense, and which could be very effective against their defense. Yeah, and because they have a lot of defensive end play, they don't have anything up the middle. So if you you know, it's it's set up to be beaten by the read option. Yeah. The problem is we never ran it. So you put the guy in there to run the read option. He, the quarterback had ample time to do the check down and do the quarterback run. He just never did it. So what was the point of having him in there in the first place? You know, I have to chalk this one up to inexperience. I think that was a solid game plan. As much as I hate even trying a second quarterback, I think we would have really caught, caught Ole Miss off guard. Uh, I think he would have had a ton of success if you watch the replay. And if you do, you're a much stronger man than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw at least three or four opportunities where he probably would have gotten 20 yards by just yeah. tucking the ball and taking off. And I exactly. think he, he was just young and scared and uh, didn't know what to do except – Pull it back and do something dumb. And he did a lot of that. A lot, a lot of, that of dumb. A lot of dumb. Uh, speaking of, well, let's go ahead and skip down to another thing we hate while we're talking about quarterbacks. Jake Coker. <sighs> okay. All right. I'm not willing to write Jake Coker off yet. All right. Number one, yes, he had the flu. Uh, but I have some problems with the dude. Um, I think he can be a serviceable quarterback. Uh, but – you know, I'm looking at op- things, opportunities that he had driving to win the game in the fourth quarter and that interception. And people say he got hit. I watched the replay. He got hit well after he threw the ball. He saw footsteps and got and threw the ball through a bad ball. The, the interception had nothing to do with the hit because it happened a good two seconds after he threw it. Yeah, I, it doesn't have anything to do with the hit. And I've got to disagree with you, and I'm full of hate at this very moment. But I I don't think he is a serviceable quarterback. I think he has a little too much talent and a little too much, uh, we'll call it ego, 
to be okay. the game manager we need. And so he's in this awkward kind of gray area where he's not bad enough to be a game manager, not good enough to be a serviceable, starting, talented quarterback. And I think he's just going to continue to make uh, what I'll graciously call questionable decisions. All right, then I'm going to put you on the spot then. Um, if you say he has too much ego, too much talent to be a game manager, then compare him to A.J. McCarron, who was not without ego of his own. Well, and ego may have been the wrong word, but at least confidence in his throws on the field. A.J. could take what the defense gave. Um, you know, if the coaches set up a really simple game plan, I think you could trust A.J. to follow that and not just sling the ball wherever he wanted. And what I saw Saturday was pretty much Jay Coker slinging the ball wherever he wanted. All right, fair enough. <clears throat> um, all right, let's go ahead and talk about um, Lane Kiffin and running the damn ball. Damn it, Lane. Um, damn it, Lane, right. We've been through this over and over again. A&M in what, what year was that? When, uh, when were we 13. there? Okay, the A&M game, the Ohio State game, yep. and this game. Look. The weakness of Ole Miss's defense is their interior defensive line. And when this game started, I looked at Eric, and Eric looked at me and said, we're going to win this game because Derrick Henry is getting five yards a pop. Mm -hmm. Running up the middle, It's there. he wasn't breaking anything, but if you, if you keep pounding that interior line, he's eventually going to break it. Exactly. Um, and, and look, Hugh Freeze admitted it as much. In his press conference, he said, look, by the second half, our our defensive line was gassed. We had no energy. We had we had no, we had nothing, and yet we weren't doing the thing that would exploit their weakness of being gassed in the second half. So it's just frustrating. I mean, it's just variations on theme of we have a weakness, we can exploit it, and no, it doesn't happen right away. But if you keep pounding, eventually they're going to break. And yet we refuse to do that. I don't know if it's impatience or immediate, you know, immediate gratif gratification that he has to have, but he just won't do it. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line deserves some of the blame. I think they they weren't always consistently doing their job, and there were a few times where Lane tried the run and it didn't work, and he got impatient, which we'll get to later. Right. But those teams with Mark Ingram and Trent, who it turns out may not be the world's best running back, but looked damn good for us. And right. that was because we could grind down the defense. And then in the second half, you knew that we were just going to have so much more juice than they did and could overpower them and start breaking off those five, six, seven yard runs that then turn into 18, 19, 20 yard runs. Yep. And when we had the ball, Oh, I'm getting upset right now. Uh, yeah, you're getting me, wound up. Son. Give me a minute. When we, when we got the ball <laughs> back, person, I wound up pit bull. You, no, you don't want that. Especially, anyway, uh, <laughs> the kind of pitbulls that are hanging out with Jimmy Johns. Uh -huh. um, but down six with three minutes left, that that's is... That's a world of time. That's Alabama football. That's when you come out, just do what we do, and for some reason, we completely strayed from that. I felt so confident in our chances at that point. We had all the momentum. It was uh -huh. approaching midnight, and the student section was just rowdy AF. Mm -hmm. and all we had to do was put the game on Derrick Henry's back, and I feel 100% certain he would have won us the game. Yep. Um, 
and, and another issue there was that we actually came off that sideline, I believe, with Kenyon Drake in the backfield, who I love. Yeah. But we were trying to do entirely too many power runs with Kenyon Drake. That's which, not his game. No, he's a he's a phenomenal athlete, but that's yeah. not what you want him to do. Put him on put him on the edge in, in a in a sweep, and he's gonna he's gonna hit the edge every time and beat the defender. Yep. But up the middle, you you don't you you don't do that. You run Derrick Henry. Yeah, and especially if you're up against Kim Dietschy and whatever Tabor or whoever that other guy was. Hell yeah, who, yeah. And and we they deserve a world of credit. They had outstanding games. Kim Dietschy was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to admit that about a Kim D. Oh, he was it was fantastic. There's yeah. no denying it. Yeah. Um but Lane. God, Lane. Run I mean, the dang ball. Run the dang ball. Um the next thing we hate, injuries. Uh, we hate some injuries. Don't we though? Uh, like, a, like like a plague, we hate an injury. We really do. The the most notable one coming out of Saturday was our boy, the Pittsburgh steel hammer himself, Robert Foster. <laughs> I don't think that's a nickname. I just Oh, it could be. You don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I think he has had already a shoulder surgery and will be sidelined for the year. Yeah. So that's, he was emerging as our top, Mm -hmm. uh, the the top, the top wide receiver, you know, that was, that was playing for us because we couldn't, you know, as, as, as we pointed out in, in a week's past, where is Chris Black? But, uh, I think we're going to be finding Chris Black in addition to Calvin Ridley because somebody's going to have to step up. Yeah, and uh, Chris Black, I'll just go ahead and say, I think is on the inverse side of that milk carton that O.J. Howard keeps his face on. You ain't lying. Um, the other I know, the other uh, notable injury is, well, let's not call it an injury because I don't believe it actually is. Cole uh, Mazza, our long snapper, is out with a medical issue. But oddly, word has it via roll them a roll his medical injury is to last exactly for three weeks. So, so oh. take that for what it's worth. One of those, right? But the problem with that is a long snapper being out with the all with the already CF of a of a special teams that we have. The long snapper affecting the field goal is is even you know it's a disaster already. Right. When when you know this week you know no big deal. Next week we go to Athens. You know, granted, we can't kick a safe field goal to save our damn lives, but without a long snapper, pretty much that's shot to hell. Yeah, uh, we had good friend of the program, Butch Worley, on last week, if you missed it, and he was telling us about how a lot of our field goal issues may not be caused by the actual field goal kicker. And uh, this is pretty bad <laughs> news if you're of that belief. You know, I've got a soft spot in my heart for uh, – Alabama long snappers, shout out to another good friend of the program, Brian Selman. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to be a little bit terrifying to have a backup trying to pull off that important position. Backup long snapper. Ugh. What has become of us? Um, <clears throat> so anyway, that's the things that we hate. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the themes that we hate. Yeah. Because yeah. there are some real specific themes that are not just this year but they are ongoing, and there seems to be no no solution in sight. Uh, the first one we've already alluded to, special teams. It just seems we break down <clears throat> in one way or another mm-hmm. every week. You know, it's Adam Griffith missing field goal for whatever reason it, it is. Um, this week, you know, f- fumbling kickoffs. And 
what we what one thing I noticed, and I could not find. I bookmarked it, but could not find it. There was a breakdown of stats in terms of everything in the world that we do. Um, and one of the things that we are dead last in uh, the conferences conference is is field uh, is a kickoff returns and punt returns. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Now with these athletes that we have, what the hell, man? <laughs> I wish I had an answer to that question so bad. Um, and you're right. Even if it's not kickoff return, it's kickoff coverage. I thought there were a couple of scary moments uh, when Ole Miss was returning kickoffs Saturday as well. Um, or it's J.K. Scott shanking the ball left and right, who had a decent mm-hmm. little game. Um, yeah. Aaron Suttles had an interesting kind of conversation with himself on Twitter earlier in the week. Correct. Uh, talking about how college football teams are allotted nine assistant coaches. And if you are going to have your own special teams coach, you would then have to take away somebody like combining the tight ends and the wide receivers, which sounds like an awful idea. Um, Okay, but here's my problem with that. If we have a coach, and we do, and it's Bobby Williams coaching tight ends, how damn good of a job is he doing coaching tight ends when you consider what the disaster we have with O.J. Howard? It's such a disaster. That's a great point, so – you know, I'm just going to maintain the company line of firing Bobby Williams into the sun. Correct, yes. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, a good I, point. He... I, I understand completely what Suttles was saying. Yes. If we had a tight ends coach that was doing such a bang-up job that we could not move him from there, I get it. Absolutely. But, you know, one of the guys, one of the fellows on Twitter was commenting, and this is an NFL draft scout guy, mm-hmm. saying, watching this game, saying, I cannot believe – how misused O.J. Howard is. And that's the thing. Hey, fine. If Bobby Williams is coaching the hell out of O.J. Howard, get it. Absolutely. <clears throat> but the problem is O.J. Howard is being misused. He's a pass-catching beast, and we're using him solely as a blocker. So why not devote a special teams coach when this one is bad? I I agree fully. I have not seen something as misused as O.J. Howard as the last time I tried to use my iPod to scrub dishes with. Complete uh-huh. disaster. Oh, um, that never worked out. No, no it was it was horrible. Uh, I mean, he is such a great weapon, and every time we do give him the ball, something great happens. So I can't imagine that the coaches are just oblivious to this. Exactly. Uh, it, I, it is truly baffling, and I have to pin it on Bobby Williams again. Exactly. Into the sun. It's amazing. Uh, okay, you want to talk about Lane's impatience? Yeah, let's do. And and we touched on it earlier, but it's it's this idea of delayed gratification, which is kind of what Alabama football is based off of, where you run the ball, you run the ball, you run the ball, and then, like we said earlier, by the third and fourth quarters, you are driving the ball on the ground, and the defense is just too winded to respond even. Uh, Lane seems to come out and it seems even for maybe the first quarter, not always, but sometimes running the ball is the game plan. And if there are two, say three times the defense stops it, Lane totally gives up on running the ball and starts trying to spread the field, starts trying these plays that take a long time to develop, whether it's an end around or some sort of screen pass that's inevitably going to fail. Uh, and, and I think it is just this lack of patience and a refusal to kind of let us and est- let our team establish its own identity. 
Right, and that's the question. Do we have an offensive identity? And, the, and, uh, and I totally agree with you about that. And it worked when you had Amari Cooper. Yes. When you, when you had Blake Sims and Amari Cooper who could make those sort of plays, I get it. Um, but, you know, th- it's not a one-size-fits-all deal. You've got to work with the athletes you've got, and we are sitting on – well, now we're sitting on Calvin Ridley and Jake Coker who were not equipped to do what Blake Sims and Amari Cooper were. No. So at this point – you know, you could give it up then and say, all right, fine, we're going to put the ball in our playmakers' hands and we're going to make some yards. Good deal. That works. Those, we, don't have, we don't have those playmakers right now. So pounding the ball up the middle is what works, what will eventually work. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you completely. But the question I've got is, given the results we're getting, is Lane going to be there next year? Mm. It's a good question. And let me just say, one of my main takeaways from Saturday was how for granted we took Blake Sims. Absolutely. The, the fact that he could step in with no real history as a quarterback and lead us to the year that we had last year, uh, and then in comparison to what we're seeing at the start of this year, uh, just really gained a lot of respect for him, which I should have had all along. It's, right, it's yeah. I mean, my own and, and, and I think that's part of the delusion. I And maybe maybe it'll happen as the season rolls along. But maybe. right now, I'm unhappy. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe I had a lot of faith in Lane Kiffin as a quarterback star maker mm-hmm. that no matter who we plugged in there, Lane Kiffin was going to make him good enough that we would win games. And I'm not seeing that from these guys. No, no, certainly not. Let's Blake, we'll was, maintain. Not, mm-hmm. Blake was not a, Blake was not a superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I, 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 we plugged him in there and I think Lane made him as good as he could possibly be. And I don't know that Jake Coker, maybe Jake Coker is as good as he could possibly be right now. And it's just not very good, but, I, I I don't know. I'm yeah, wondering. and and it's important to point out that right now Richard Mullaney is our best wide receiver probably or our most yeah. consistent wide receiver uh, yeah. in comparison to Amari Cooper. But to answer your question, will Lane be here next year? I don't think so. Right. I think – and and going into this year, I thought the same thing. And really going into last year, I thought he would probably stick out one more year and then be gone. Um, I think – he will find a head coaching job, whether it turns out to be Miami. I don't know. Al Golden's having himself a year so far, so it may not be as much of a beautiful fit Lane Kiffin in Miami would be. Um, I think he probably finds a head coaching job, or if not, we may give him the Nussmeyer treatment and get him to find uh-huh. a vertical move as an offensive coordinator. Possibly so, because I do think he could have found a head coaching job quite easily last year. Yes. I think after this year, if this continues like it's going right now, the bloom will be off the rose on Wayne Kiffin. And some people will not be beating down his door to trying to give him a, a head coaching job. So, um, you know, I don't, I'm, I, I'm 50, 50 on, will he be here next year? Only because he may have nowhere to go. If that's a, it's a sad, but true thought. And yeah, um, you know, I hope he makes us as excited as he once did. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, the next theme I want to talk about that we hate mm-hmm. is the damn pop pass. All right, if you're familiar with what happened, uh, we were driving, well, we were in a position to win the game again. We were in a position to win the game several times in the fourth quarter. Several Ole- times. Yeah, and Ole Miss throws the pop pass. Now, we've been burned by the pop pass before uh, in the iron ball that we lost the kick six. To- that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, let me a little background on the pop pass. What it is is um, when you're running the read option, 
Um, if you are, the rule is this, if you are running the ball, an offensive lineman can drive down the field and block as far as they want to. But if you are throwing the ball, a lineman can only block three yards downfield. Now, in the NFL, it's only one yard downfield. But in the college game, you can, a lineman, an offensive lineman can only block three yards downfield. Now, on that 76, 78-yard pop pass that they threw, uh, it was plain as a nose in everybody's face. In fact, it was pointed out on the television that Ole Miss had linemen five or six yards downfield. And the problem that with that creates is when you're that far downfield, the defense can logically assume that you're going to run the ball. Right, because, because those, those are, the, are rules. the rules. exactly. Those are the rules. When your lineman is that far down the field, the, offense, the defense should be able to assume that you were going to run the ball. But it's never called. And so they throw the ball, and boom, what happens is it's, you know, a 70-some-odd-yard touchdown, and it's never called. So, and this happens again and again and again with these types of offenses, like Ole Miss, like Auburn, um, the, the place that people hit, Baylor, et cetera, et cetera, and it's never called ever. And it's been addressed at spring meetings, and people, the likes of Hugh Freeze and Gus Malzahn said, no, we don't want the, uh, the NFL rule of one yard. We just want the one we have, the rule we have to be enforced, which I'd be fine with that. I don't really give a damn which one they do, but they're going to have to do something because it's just, I mean, it's not out now. It's not cheating, but it is. Um, you're doing something that you know is never going to be called. Uh, and it's, and then frankly, when, when you put them in that position, when the, when the, offensive line engages the linebackers that far down the field, then you've got the linebackers out of position yep. to defend the pass. So, <clears throat> so it's an indefensible play. Uh, frankly, if I was running that type of offense, I'd run it every damn play because you can't defend it. <laughs> and and nobody's um, going to call you out on it. Right. And nobody's, you're never going to get penalized. So that is where we are with yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good rundown. And, in the linemen's defense, it's as confusing for them as it is for the linebackers because yeah. they just have to assume that their team's running the ball when it takes that long to deliver when freaking Chad Kelly is running, we'll say, up to the line of scrimmage. Right. Um, and so they think they're doing their job when, in fact, they're committing a penalty. And um, I agree with you. I would love to see college football switch to that one yard only I would like to think it would make a difference, but I have many questions about the um, capabilities of the current referees we have. Uh, that was and, just and, a and in their defense, play. they I mean, I've read an article today. They have said, look, we are not equipped man-wise to deal with that. Hmm. You know, we have, you know, we have referees that are assigned to particular portions of the field. And that, that is all has always been the case. But with, at, at some point, you have to adapt and realize teams are getting burned on plays that they should never get burned on if you do your job. So, I mean, I get that they are that this is has been their the the referees, you know, the way they do their job is assigning particular portions of the field. But at some point, you know it's coming. Um, if you're a referee calling an Auburn game or an Ole Miss game or a Baylor game or a Texas Tech game, you know this thing is coming. Why not have an eyeball out looking for it? Yep, I agree. And on that same play, while we're, while we're there, you seem to have had a better view than I did. I was too far from any screen to be able to figure out what exactly happened. But did you think 
the call was correct about Kelly not going over the line of scrimmage? Um, it was close. I don't think he was over. I think it was fine. Okay. I've just seen it, the, the screenshot, and I can't understand how they would pick up that flag there. It was – all right. What they're, what they're – they're, the rule apparently is if any part of your body is beyond behind the line of scrimmage, you're fine. Wait, what? Yes. It is oh. not – if you have a oh, big – yes. If you have – your foot is across the line of scrimmage, but the rest of you is not – you're good. Okay, which I is, was under the impression that the ball had to be behind the line, well, which that, is totally well, sensible. Well, that's what I understood too, and it's a counterintuitive rule to me. Yes, but that's what it was under. That's how it was explained to me by the television people. Okay, maybe sitting that's right there a, at Druid City Brewery is that if, if any part of your body is legal, then the whole the entirety of your body is legal. Okay, that must be the NFL rule: is that the ball has to be behind the line of scrimmage. So there's another NFL rule we should totally adopt, adapt. Yeah, and because I think that's a lot like the um, when you're downing a kickoff, like or a punt inside the one, and you're you're, you're swatting yeah, it back, okay. all that business. Because mm-hmm. it's it's the ball in the NFL, it's the player in college. Yeah. So I mean, so yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. We're more not as maybe I tend to agree with you. I think it should be about the ball. I think it's a better rule to make it about the ball, but nevertheless, it's not. Okay. All right. Moving on from there. We have one thing on our list that we did not hate. Actually, I have two things. I, I've added right. one since you've last seen the Start. list. And you go with the thing you didn't hate. The thing I did not hate the most Saturday was the electricity of Bryant-Denny Stadium. I thought the students deserved all the credit in the world, which Saban actually gave them a ton of the world's credit mm-hmm. um, this week. It was – the first time I – I mean, it was great all game – but I really noticed it uh, when the momentum started to change. It was right before the onside kick, and things were feeling so wonderful. Uh, and that was close How the to. How did we get that, by the way? That was so great. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Tony Brown that recovered that? I think so. But I, I don't think know. it was too. He had a great game. We'll get to that. Um, but it was pushing eleven thirty at night. The first time I just thought, "Holy cow, Bell." Right. This student section is the greatest I've ever seen. It has to be the country's best. I don't know if that's a perennial award we can claim, but my God, they stayed <laughs> the whole game as the rest of the gumps and everybody else were clearing out. The students were, I, I was going to say crunk. The students were all kinds of crunk. They stayed. They were loud. I'll give credit to the uh stadium radio music guy because he had some great selections he did have some solid choices pulled out as always pulled out dixieland delight right when we needed it the most uh and and i think it's no coincidence that we've since earned maybe two commitments uh despite the loss this week yeah because the stadium was just awesome it was that was as good as i've seen as lsu two years ago Yes, I would agree with that, and I, um, I would almost say better. I thought it was awesome. And well, you were closer to the students than I were because yeah. I was on direct other end, so I couldn't really tell. But yeah, they, they look to be as rowdy as I've seen them in a long time. And it's so cool to see the players come out and basically ask the students to to do what they do best, and it all works together. It was great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, the thing I did not hate. And this is not going to sound right, given how many points they scored, 43 points. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate the defense. Oh, I agree. Uh, and here's why. All right. Ole Miss did not have a sustained drive 
the entire game. Uh, despite five turnovers, that was still a winnable game that the defense kept us in. Yes. Um, you know, look, when you uh, when you've got turnovers and they're not just turnovers, this average starting position for their offense on a turnover was Alabama's 23-yard line. Oh, my gosh. So you're going to score. I mean, as when you've got all this, they're going to score touchdowns. Yes. So it's impossible to ask your defense to say, no, we're going to give them the ball on the 23, and you have to stop them five separate times. That's not going to happen. But um, if you look at it, you've got 24 points of, of their offense came off turnover. Then you take that with, and you add to that the pop pass, and then you add the weird ass double deflection off a helmet touchdown. That's all their points. Yeah. You know, so you give them the ball at the 23 and two fluke fluke plays, and that's all your points. Okay, I'll take that all day long. We sh- there's no reason we should not have won that game, even with five turnovers. You know, if we, if, if a ball doesn't go bouncing off Minka Fitzpatrick's head, then we're going to win the game. So I'm oddly enough, and I never am a okay with what happened with the defense, despite I, all the points. Right, and that's the that's it. Sounds ridiculous to say because they scored 43 points, but it felt like the defense was on the field the entire game. It, it literally, I barely remember seeing the offense in quarters one through three. Um, right. And and when I say they were on the field, they were on our side of the field with their backs to the wall the whole time. Um, from the very beginning, that fumbled kickoff return, holding them to three points was a tremendous victory for us and set the pace for what they were going to do the rest of the game. I thought, um, yeah, we've got here that Alabama, outside of the fluke, off the helmet pass, which was one of the worst quarterbacking decisions I have ever seen. Oh my god! I mean, yeah. it it made Jameis Winston look like a Mensa member. Well, it made that damn Auburn that, that Auburn yeah. hit pass against Georgia look normal. I, I mean, I've never seen anything quite like it in my life. I haven't either, and I never thought a team not in an Auburn uniform would pull off anything like it. Exactly. Um, but outside of that pass, and then the illegal pop pass, which we've mentioned. Uh, our defense kept them under 300 yards, which yeah. and that's a damn good offense we're playing. They, they uh, yeah. were averaging 70-something points. Absolutely. If you can keep Auburn under 300 yards, I mean Ole Miss under 300 yards, I will take that all day long, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the front seven was solid, and actually I, I will give credit to our DBs. Um, they came at Marlon Humphrey six times and were three for six for 30 yards, and that includes one 22-yard gain where he did miss a tackle. So That's not terrible for Marlon Humphrey. No, yeah, I thought he had a good showing. Yeah, Tony Brown, also a good showing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I think there are a lot of things to be happy about, right? Yeah, there are. I mean, look, we were in the same position. If you look at the schedule, the year that you and I were there, we lost to A&M. This is the exact same setup. This is the exact same position in the year when we lost that game, and we ended up just fine that year. Uh, so I'm not, you know, I don't think any of us thought going into this year that this was a national championship team. Right. Uh, um, you know, it, 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 I'll never say never. You know, it never, it all, it could happen. But at the same time, you know, I think we all thought going in, this is a ten and two team. And we are still a ten and two may get you in the playoff this year. Things are bouncing weird. So um, you know, I'm not 
you know, I don't think, like I said to begin the, 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 the program, the sky isn't falling, Bammers. Keep calm. Um, Georgia is a team that is not Ole Miss. I mean, they have hell of a running back core, but they are not, they don't, they don't run this type of offense. We're not going to see this type of offense until Auburn, Texas A&M, you, you think they do, but they don't. Mm-hmm. If you look at A&M's games, they're winning games, running the ball and on defense right now. They're playing very fast, but they are not throwing the ball downfield left and right anymore. Uh, so we're not going to see this thing again until Auburn. And so I feel real comfortable. I mean, I don't know that we're going to go to A&M and win. That's the game I had picked that we were going to lose anyway. But I'm not hating on this team as much as most people are. I think we stand a very good chance to go end up in Auburn with with one loss. I agree with you. Um, you know, there is a huge question mark at quarterback. There is a smaller but still very significant question mark on the offensive line. And, and of course, at wide receiver. But other than that, we've got one of the best defenses we've had. And I think we can put games on Derrick Henry's shoulders and win yeah. them if our coaching staff is willing to do that. Yeah, I think we match up well with Georgia. Arkansas has gone to shit. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, there are teams. I mean, I, A&M is going to be an issue. Uh, but And LSU is going to be. I, but LSU, does, LSU is a mirror image of us like they always are. So they they do what we do, and I will take us straight up at home against LSU against us doing us every time. It is a huge year to have LSU at home. Um, Leonard Fournette is unreal. Let me ask you: if you had to pick a winner of the West right now, who you got? Uh, I pick LSU. Mm, so I think Ole Miss goes to Baton Rouge this year. Is that right? No, that that'll be yeah, in Oxford. It's, and it's you in like- Oxford. I just. <sighs> Ole Miss did not. Ole Miss didn't play well. I mean, they capitalized on what we gave them. Yes. But Ole Miss, you have to be. You're going to have to sustain some drives against LSU. You're going to have to. Frankly, you have to sustain some drives against Arkansas. Every team is not going to give you five turnovers and the ball on the twenty-three. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from Ole Miss and their win. Winning in this conference in this division is hard as hell. So yeah, I mean they they were given opportunities and they capitalized when they may not have, but they did. <clears throat> so I've got nothing. I can't say that this you know Ole Miss, but this game nine times out of ten we win. We don't fluke it up like yes. this every time. So I am not sold on Ole Miss. Um, uh, you know, granted, I could be dead ass wrong. I have been before, but my winner of the West right now, I think, I don't think LSU loses a game except in Tuscaloosa, and I think mm. one win. I think I think one loss gets you gets you to Atlanta. Yeah, I agree with that. And oh boy, Leonard Fournette was pretty much unlike anything I've ever seen Saturday. Granted, against the Auburn defense, right? Uh, which those tackles, man awful if if someone on my middle school team had tried to tackle like that i think they'd be kicked off the team i mean i think they would just be chewed out to an extent that they would never come back yep um so anyway we got one more thing to cover before we get to the picks the and the uh weekly ellis metz edition of what are those what are those yes that's right it's the what are those award uh this week going to obviously the Ole miss rebels 
And it's more of just a head scratcher. You know, I like the baby blue helmets they wear, to be totally honest. I think they're cool looking. I think they're probably a nice little homage to Chucky Mullins. I respect the baby or the powder blue helmets. But on the sideline, they're wearing this totally different shade of baby blue. And then all their reds are like this kind of orangey red. So their sideline was baby blue and orangey red and made me ask a few times, what are those? Exactly. What are those? Very odd. Speaking of what are those, we're going to look at our some picks this week, which if, you, if you've been paying attention, you have to wonder what are those. <sighs> um, so we're going to look at some picks, including, as always, our hate of the week. Week of the week of the week. That was okay. That was weak with an A. Uh, <laughs> I need more reverb than that, pal. All right, the first one we're going to look at: uh, Mizzou Tigers heading to uh, Lexington, and where Lexington, at Kentucky is favored by three over Missouri. Now, granted, Missouri is coming off a hideous win mm-hmm. at home over UConn. Who do you hate? You know, I was semi high. On Kentucky, it sounded like I was about to say semi-high when I made this pick. Yeah, uh, I can't help you there. <laughs> I wasn't going to hit that softball. Uh, semi-high on Kentucky coming into this year, and they beat South Carolina and looked good doing it. Uh, coming off an ugly Florida loss, I don't have a ton of faith in them, but they've got Tails at quarterback, who I think somehow has turned into a better quarterback than Matty Mock. I was also expecting a big year out of Matty Mock, and he looks like... This person I've never even seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to hate Mizzou here and go with the Cats to cover at home under Bob Stoops. Okay. Um, I'm going to totally disagree. I'm, you know I'm a, I'm a Mizzou lover. You I'm a love big fan a Mizzou. Which is- I am a huge fanboy of Mizzou. They overperform every year, and I will continue to ride the Mizzou train until they don't overperform. Mm. Um, so I believe they go into Lexington – and pull out the win. Just, I mean, Matty Mock is not being the all-star that I kind of thought he was this year. But, like I said, they've been in Atlanta for two straight years for a reason when nobody thought they ever would. Um, so, I believe that – and Kentucky, I, I just don't believe in Kentucky. I'm, I'm not going to believe in Kentucky until Kentucky beats somebody. Uh, and I don't think this is the week they do it. So, I'm, I'm going to ride that Mizzou train. I, I can't hate you there. They – Lost to Indiana, what, a year ago, two years ago? Uh-huh. Still yeah. made it to Atlanta, so exactly. respect. Uh, moving on, we have in Oxford, on the Grove, our uh, overlords yes. <laughs> of the Colonel Akbar Rebels. Landshark. Uh, Landshark Rebel Bears. Uh, welcoming Derek Mason's Vanderbilt Rebels. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> Vandy is getting twenty four points there. Who you hate? Oh my God, Ole Miss is going to beat them by fifty. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, have you seen Vandy? Well, I have. Go on. Right. Go on. They have not. You know, since Pat and Pat and Robinette of Maryville High School and the Perfect ACC score, God bless uh, Vandy has not been the same, and <laughs> not that they were any different then. But nevertheless, um, I. I the only thing I would say is this. There is a history of teams coming off the Alabama game, uh, but this is a history, an old history lesson. 
people got beat up playing Alabama and did not perform as well the next year, the next week. I'm not sure Ole Miss got real beaten up mm. in the Alabama game. Uh, I think they're going to be on a high. You know, I don't. I, this is an opportunity where there could be a letdown, but I, I don't think they're going to be let down. I think they're so. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I think they're so jacked up about that win. I think they cover the 24 and with about 20 to boot. Your thoughts? I mean, that could easily happen. I will not be surprised if that happens. But right now, I'm leaning toward hating Ole Miss. I think, I think there are two responses to when you play Alabama, and one is you get dominated and you get beat, and then like Wisconsin did earlier this year, and the next week you come out and whoever you're playing is inferior to Alabama, and you do great things and, and roll over them. But I think Ole Miss, while physically maybe they're not – diminish this week I think mentally they haven't been thinking about Vandy I think this week in practice they've probably still been reflecting on uh their game in Tuscaloosa and well, if, if you look at the internet if they're any if their team is in a reflection of their fan base oh my that is the case they are still basking four days later it's awful I would do it too mm-hmm. and I would tell them to act like they've been there before but they literally haven't in the history of the series correct um and, and while I agree with you that Vandy's garbage, they're somehow feeling some momentum af- after uh, thoroughly whipping Austin P this past week. Let's go P. Let's go P. And I think Vandy somehow covers. It's kind of counterintuitive. All right, next up, we've got a hilarious matchup. Um, Texas A&M is favored by seven points at Arkansas. Now, mm. Are we going to go ahead and talk about the uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Burt Bielma uh, feud? Burt. It is. It's a lover's quarrel. It certainly is. Um, here's the situation as we know it to date. Uh, apparently, Burt went to a Texas high school coaches meeting and said, if you, uh, this is Burt, by the way, coming off a loss to Toledo. Right. And so Burt has Texas Tech last week. Bert had been at the high school coaches meeting in Texas saying literally, if you come into Arkansas and throw the ball 70 times, we're going to beat your ass. Well, Cliff Kingsbury said, well, um, we threw the ball 70 times and beat their ass and a and is coming in next week and they're going to beat their ass. <laughs> so, so um, here we are uh, with Bert running his mouth. I hope Bert, here's the thing with Bert. And this is a totally aside from a pick. Bird is stuck at this Arkansas job because he's made so many damn enemies. Nobody mm. else wants him. Mm. It's a good point. But I've got to say, I think in a year or two, they may be looking to dump him. Yeah. But who wants who wants a man who just can't shut the AF up? It's amazing. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the game instead of railing on Bert. A&M is given seven to the Hogs. Who you hate? I'm going to make this my hate of the week. I think Bert is like if you'll if you'll stay with me for this metaphor like some sort of well okay we'll call it a kitten because I don't really like cats bird is like this kitten that you assume is dead and then you're going to flush it down the toilet like it's a goldfish and as you're flushing it and it's spiraling down it's just it comes to life and is making all these god awful noises and you just so- want the damn kitten to shut up <laughs> that's and so then you what? What do you, will you just choke it? No, it just flushes and then it's gone. You don't ever see it again. 
Because that's the most horrific mental image it, ever. It's pretty life. awful. I was going to go with the screaming goldfish, but I actually think that's a little more scarring than the right, screaming yes, kitten. Right, very, very. Um, so you're thinking, so you're picking the, the I hawk. think Bert is just in this horrible downward spiral. And so I am hating Arkansas. I think ATM covers pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be a contrarian. Mm. I think they have to win this game. And it's at Um I... And I have no reason have no reason to believe this at all, other than they have to win this game. It's as and, close to a must win in week four yeah. as you will ever get. Yeah. So I don't I don't know that they're going to win. I do think they keep it closer than seven. I think I think the Arkansas fan base shows up and makes it hell for A and M. And like I said, this is not the A and M team that we thought that what we're used to two or three years ago. They are not a you know they're not airing the ball out. They are running the ball. They are winning with defense with John Chavis. So I, you know, had it been the throwing the, a, a repeat of Cliff Kingsbury, I'd say, all right, yeah, they're going to win. A and M's going to blow them out. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be that type of game. In fact, if if you're a betting man, and Lord knows none of us are, I'd take the under in this game, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the hogs on this one. Okay, well, there's my hate of the week is old Bert. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on down in Gainesville. Greg's favorite team, the Vols. G F Y. I think uh, you misspelled that. It's V F L. V F L is what you're looking for. G B O G F Y. That's right. Uh, they are going down to face the team formerly known as the Urban Myers. Uh, I guess one Jim McElwain has Yay. Florida at a pick'em right now, even odds uh, with hmm. Tennessee coming to town. Who you hate? I am easily hating on the Florida Gators. Mm. Uh, I think this has the potential to be a 21-point game uh, in favor of the Vols. I, they just – Florida, I, I'm not sure where the love is coming from. They held Kentucky to, you know, single digits. And outside of that, who, who have they played? So, you know, yes, they probably have a defense, but they have not seen an offense with the firepower that the balls have. Right. So I I think this one could get out of hand. I don't. I think McIlwain is going to be a hell of a coach in Gainesville, um, but he does not have the athletes. He just got his starting, uh, I don't know if it's corner or safety, suspended, um, and he needs all the players he can get because they are not deep. Um, I think ball goes down there and – uh, like I said, I, I think it's probably a, you know, 35-14 game. Ooh. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't know if it'll be that big of a blowout, but I think Tennessee has a defense to speak of. Yeah. Uh, an SEC respectable defense, and I haven't seen any sign of that from Florida. I think their offenses may be similar. One thing I'm very curious to see is um, this will be a good opportunity for – the old rocket scientist Joshua Dobbs to show what he's actually got. Uh, he'll be in a hostile environment. They're apparently unveiling some new part of the swamp or something. Do you know anything oh, about that? No, nothing. Okay, about they, they've taken the veil off of something. Uh, oh. And and he has the wide receivers. He has some some good running backs, including uh, former disgruntled Alabama running back Alvin Kamara. <laughs> And he was just tunnel. He was, and it'll it'll just. I'll be very curious to see. I think that's the two thirty game. Yeah, uh, I think so. Very curious to see what that vol offense does. Absolutely. Uh, finally, the head scratcher of the week, in my opinion, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in, a, in a number of ways. Uh, Mu Yu, Mississippi State University, travels to, to the uh, shittiest village on the plains and to take on the Auburn Tigers, where Auburn is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, um, breaking in a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 like I said, it's a head-scratcher in a lot of ways. Who you hate and tell me why. I would not even discuss this game if I didn't have to. Um, And like you, I initially thought the line was surely some sort of typo. I expected... Are you calling me Shirley? Well, wouldn't be the first time. Right. Uh, I surely expected... Wow, I did it again. um, (laughs) State to be maybe even like a touchdown favorite in Auburn. Uh, Yeah. Just judging by that defensive performance we saw last week. And their complete lack of an offense. But I've had a change of heart, and I'm not proud of it. And right now, I'm hating Moo Yu, and I think somehow, some way, because they're Auburn, mm-hmm. pulls off the win at home. This is exactly the kind of game that Auburn wins. Right. And, and Vegas's line on this is so curious that it's one of those where you have to wonder what they know. Right, exactly. Um, a new quarter. Okay. I don't know what to say. I mean, Mississippi State has nothing aside from from Dak Prescott. He is fantastic. He's good, but they they don't have much else. Right. Um. So, it's like I said, it's a head scratcher of a game because Auburn doesn't have a defense. I don't know what to make of this new quarterback. Um. I suspect he's no better than Jeremy Johnson because Gus. We talked about this before we came on air. Gus continually. Well, this year is trying to put a square peg in a round hole. He has two pro-style quarterbacks that he's trying to run the read option with, and they don't know how. Mm-hmm. So, And this guy is exactly the same as Jeremy Johnson. He, he's all world out of high school. I mean, he's, he's a good pro-style quarterback, but he's not a read option quarterback. So I don't know why this guy is going to be any better than the other guy other than he's a different guy. So I don't expect a different result. But what I do know is this is the kind of game – Auburn wins. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, to go to your quarterback point, we heard Jeremy Johnson was going to win the Heisman. Before that, we heard Kyle Frazier was going to win the Heisman. And there was a short period of time, which I remember today and have been laughing about ever since, where one Kentucky-bred Zeke Pike was going to win the Heisman. Yeah, remember that, bro? That was probably my favorite Auburn moment ever. Zeke Pike meltdown. He was uh, blasting people on Twitter, celebrating on the sidelines, and the next thing you knew, he was backup quarterback at Cincinnati, I think. I think so, yeah. Maybe Tommy Tuberville? Perhaps, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, well, our final game of the week is uh, your Crimson Tide at home. The Louisiana Monroe Warhawks come mm-hmm. to town, fresh out that 2007 win over your Tide. Um, who are you hating on that 39-point line? Well, as I told Greg earlier, um, or I'm sorry, GB Bowtie over here, uh-huh. uh, I have a feeling – that I was at the Louisiana Monroe game, the infamous Louisiana Monroe game of 2007. Uh, I was a pledge during that time. The game is not as memorable to me. I don't quite remember the details of that as much as uh, the incidences, incidences, right, right, incidents right. that went on at the fraternity house. Uh, for, not that there uh, were any incidences that after. need to be reported because right. there are. Your fraternity has enough issues as it is. Thank you. Thank you. 
<laughs> Let's uh, just not go into yes, that. Yes, but I do remember being at the house after that game is what I'll say. Um, yes, where things happened. Things happened. Uh, Nick Saban, of course, compared it to Pearl Harbor or 9-11, which right. mentally for me it may have been also. <laughs> Um, right, exactly. But that that whole thing was taken out of context. I respected yes. what he was trying to get across, saying that a change of culture was needed, and maybe that game is the uh, genesis of the dynasty or not that we're seeing today. Well, I think it is, and, I, and just to draw—I mean, I just to draw an analogy. When he was at LSU, he had the UAB game. That's he right. always has one part of a game before he, when he tries to get everybody on board. I don't, I don't know if it's in his head. That he just finally says, "Fine, you do it your way," mm-hmm. and then you lose, and then finally, then that makes you realize, okay, maybe we don't know everything we we know, and we need to get on board. So I don't know if that's actually what happened or not, but just like at LSU, he had that fart at UA with UAB, he had the fart with ULM, and suddenly we became a dynasty. Hmm. A change of fart, as it were. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. Like, just, just. Uh, so, well, yes. Anyway, this game, uh, the series is currently tied, historical series, one-to-one. So ULM will obviously be coming to town trying to uh, take advantage there. Uh, right. The, the last game was started by, I guess, sophomore John Parker Wilson, he of uh-huh. Bama Bangs fame, and uh, went into halftime tied 14-14, came out and almost immediately were down 21 to 14 kind of got back into the action in the fourth quarter. And then with about 10 minutes left, we got to their red zone and for some reason brought in freshman first timer, my boy, Jimmy Johns, number 10 in your, in your, in your program, number one in all of our hearts and probably speed dials. If you were in Tuscaloosa in that time, uh, uh, and he fumbled on his first ever carry as an Alabama running back. Promptly switched to linebacker after that. But uh, anyway, I think Alabama comes out this week to defend the honor of the pride of Brookhaven, Jimmy Johns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily pretty. I think we probably keep trying the deep ball just to let Coker... The Coker, at Coker Deep Ball at on Coker Twitter? Deep Ball. I think you're going to see a lot of appearances by at Coker Deep Ball. Um, and I think just because it's an awful opponent and we're trying it so often, it works out once every now and then, and we probably cover, I'm going to say like 50 to 10. All right. Um, I, my recollection of this game was I was seated in my home in Mobile, Alabama at the time. And like everybody, you know, you make a couple of cocktails, you watch the game, you know, you do your, you know, eat a little something, whatever. I remember as about the close of the third quarter, I eschewed the cocktail and just sat there with a bottle of bourbon and a glass oh, no. and just took shot after shot after shot as the game spiraled out of control against the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Uh, but I agree with you. All right, we're starting Jake Coker. Mm-hmm. And here's what I wish. Leave him in. The whole game. Mm. He needs the reps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm confident that we will not because we don't do anything that I want us to do. Right. But I think if you leave Jake Coker in there and let him get the reps against a team, anywhere, anyone except our, you know, our defense, let him stay in there and get comfortable with the rhythm of the game instead of pulling him out and getting some other guys some reps that aren't ever going to play. So leave him in there. And I think if we leave him in there, I think you're absolutely right. 
The at Coker deep ball needs to uh, get some play. And I, I tend to agree with you. It's like a 55 to 10 game. Uh, and of course, if we leave in Jay Coker, national media will be up in arms that we left in Jay Coker against running up, to, running up to score against exactly. the poor hapless wall. Exactly. Which I'm all for. Uh, but anyway, thank you again. That was the close of the broadcast. We are Houndstooth Heroes. And once again, you can follow us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Space Heroes or on Twitter at, at H2th Heroes. Uh, again, we'll be posted on Roll Them a Roll, where we're ever so fortunate that they have decided to give us a voice. Uh, and we do appreciate them. If you have not tuned into Roll Them a Roll, we would urge you to visit their website with up to the minute uh, Alabama information. Uh, thanks again for joining us. My name is Greg Dawkins. I'm joined by Ellis Mex. We are Houndstooth Heroes. Thanks a bunch. Do better this week. Roll Tide, Joe.